everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the One Bitcoin Show. Today is July the 30th. Oh, yeah, baby. It's almost August 2021. Strong hand, long-term thinking. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Only the beginning, golden age to the 2020s. I'm offended by selling. Compete, don't complain. Defiance over compliance. This game is not rigged. Buying over crying. Personal responsibility is new counterculture. Fitting in is overrated. All right, we are one day closer to returning to a trillion dollar market cap, of course. Hello, my elite friends. How are you doing? Some of you are a little scared because there's all this government news out there today. We're going to talk about the government news. Do you have questions? Do you have questions? Ask me some questions. Type in a super chat. Do a super chat. Type in Bitcoin Meister. As all of you know, I've been doing shows when I when we raise $100. So we were able to raise uh, over $100 last show. So if you want me to do another show, it's only $85 more to go. Only $85 more to go. You'll get, you'll get another show probably on Monday. But we need to raise $85. But I want to thank um, I want to thank the following guys who made this show possible. Uh, Mark, Henry Law, Sightseeing TV, Zaza, Zaza, Miller Delari, Craig Ship, Towers Comics. Yeah. Actually, I think they made last show. All. Right, and thanks again. Thanks to everyone who, who keeps making these shows. Uh, possible. And, you know, I'm forgetting someone from, I feel, God, there's someone who did give a lot last time that I'm, I'm, I I didn't write this down correctly. And I, I am sorry about that. Bit Piggies, of course, is, uh, you know, he started this out, Jim. There is someone out there. The last time there's a guy who gave $25 twice in a row. And I don't think I said his name. Um, it's not Henry was great, of course, um, and I'm sorry to that guy. I, I'm going to have to uh, find your name. Anyway, I was in a big rush before this show. I mean, I literally was cooking food, naked, running around here. I just, I just did my sprints. My uh, now I do it twice a week. My interval training sprints, fifteen uh, sprints as, as fast as you can over seventy yards or whatever it is. Anyway, let's let's jump into. Um, Let's jump into the, the the show. I'm just I'm making sure we have less than three years into the 2024 having. Pound that like button for that uh, beautiful reminder. And if you want to send me PayPal, you know, send me a DM, email me. We can arrange that. Um, oh, here we go. This is who I was supposed to thank: Henry Law, Towers Comics, Johnny Midas, and Johnny NY. They made this one possible. The other dudes made the last one possible. There you go. Yeah, I sh- I, this is why you shouldn't do things when you're in a rush, guys. Huge, huge rush to get this. Because I want to I wanna eat. I, I mean, you want to see what I'm going to eat today? You guys want to see some stuff? How do I here? Is this, does this look good? This is my opening. This is my opening meal here. So that's that's the first part of the meal. And uh, I, I'm going to do a little bit of a workout. You see, I'm not beforehand when I, you know, I, I found out I had some issues. I was like eating all my food in like 40 minutes. So now I start off with some beautiful vegetables and then I, you know, relax some. I might do a little minor workout, maybe run a little bit more. It's, it's a, a lo- much longer eat, uh, 
a time period, eating period. It'll go, uh, you know, two hours, three hours, two hours probably. Um, but it's, it's just, and then I'll have a, after my athletic activity, I'll add some heavier food, you know. Anyway, no need to get into that. Thank you, Johnny NY, for the 50 Mexican pesos again. J Jason Cola, thank you for the 99 cents, dude. We are getting closer uh, to the $85 to get to the next show, baby, that you all want. All right, play this at 2x. We just uh, took four, four minutes and 30 seconds to get um, to get off to uh, this uh, intro proper introduction. All right, play the 2x, people. Come on, if you're watching this tape. Uh, what do we have here? A Johnny Midas. Yeah, it was Johnny Midas. Thank you, Johnny Midas. And let's talk about the uh, Treasury Department. <laughs> you know, so at the end of the uh, previous administration, the Trump administration, the Treasury Department uh, proposed some ridiculous regulations uh, that dealt with uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And I was pleased that, well, at the very least, they're gone now. And the new uh, Treasury Department and all the people that have their fingers dipped in the financial, uh, in private financial uh, transactions. You know, the, the government has no business in the private financial industry, but they they must, uh, you know, they're a sickening animal that must put their fingers in everything. Well, uh, I thought they said they were going to take their time, develop some new uh, ideas. And I thought, well, at least it's not as, as bad as the other administration. I mean, can it be worse? Yeah, it can be worse. These guys are worse. It sucks. They're worse. It's coming out now what they what they want to do. And, you know, on the other side, on the Senate and Congress side, the Treasury is the the bureaucracy that we, we don't even vote for. OK, some of the people I mean, there were there were holdovers, no doubt. I mean, the, the, the lower level people that they're still just they want to get into everybody's personal business as much as possible, uh, no matter who's president. But here we go. Evan Greer, director of the Digital Rights Group. Fight for the future told Decrypt, it seems like a sneaky backdoor method of enacting of enacting the recently delayed FATF guidance without real democratic process. So what's he talking about? Well, the Treasury Department basically report wants every uh, every Bitcoin related entity to report every single Bitcoin related uh, transaction and say who it's between and send the information to the government. So that they'll be able to tax it and maybe they'll even tax uh, transactions between yourself. I mean, it is ludicrous what is in this infrastructure bill. You know, they, 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 I mean, this is a, like a dystopia. I mean, this is insane. They come up with some bill. They don't know what's in it. You throw anything you want to into the infrastructure bill. Uh, anything that's going to stifle innovation here. And man, this time around, whoever these psychopaths are. They have really put some bad things in there in terms of, of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Now, is it going to be passed next week? This aspect of it, is it going to get removed? I don't know, but we should be speaking up about it right now. And, and that's what I'm uh, I'm trying to do here. Matt O'Dell said he's hearing talk of a digital currency transaction tax as part of this bill. All transactions expected to be tracked and reported. Uh, so, I mean, this goes back to what I was talking about on Wednesday. I did not understand when this started coming up. Well, how, how, how are they going to make money out of everybody telling on each other, saying, well, this person, uh, I'm sending this person Bitcoin and I'm sending that person Bitcoin and um, I mine this Bitcoin. How, how's it, how do they come up with this $29 billion? Okay. 
They don't even know how they came up with the money. They just want a piece of it. They are going to tax anything. I mean, that's what it is. And they just pull $29 billion out of their tuchlesses. Okay? So the great Jake Chervinsky, he's got a thread that really explains this a lot better than I am. It is linked to below already. All right? So click on it if you really – I'm going to read some excerpts from it. But here's the deal with the U.S. infrastructure bill. A new provision has been added that expands the tax code's definition of broker to capture nearly everyone in crypto, including non-custodial actors like miners for, uh, forcing them all to KYC users. So we're all going to be brokers under the infrastructure bill to rebuild America because of restrictions that the government came up with. America wouldn't need to be rebuilt if the government didn't shut down businesses. But this bill wants to stifle businesses and just thus shut down things more. I mean, it's Orwellian. <laughs> it's uh, infrastructure, infrastructure of doom, infrastructure of, of, I mean, destroying private infrastructure, destroying private businesses. That's what this freaking is. There are three main ways to raise revenue in a bill like this. Increase current taxes, add new taxes, or improve tax compliance. This allegedly falls into the third category, category, make people pay taxes they already owe. Congress thinks crypto is full of tax evaders. It isn't. And, you know, this is a very good point. People who are already running crypto businesses, who are getting paid in crypto, they're, and you know, they, they got legitimate businesses registered with their states, they're already reporting their taxes. I mean, this is this is crazy. Um, the infrastructure bill is uh, estimated costs a trillion dollars. Congress scored the new broker definition at $28 billion in added tax revenue. I have no clue how they got to this number or how it's even possible to calculate. So clear that the United States government says they're going to spend a trillion dollars, which is, you know, print a trillion dollars, give it out to all these special interests. But don't worry because we're going to call some people brokers. Uh, we're going to be able to raise money to pay some of this trillion dollars. And it's $28 billion of it. And we have no idea how we came up with that number. Now, um, so I don't even think that many of the people in the Treasury Department even understand what they're trying to pull off here. And if this actually were to all get passed, I mean, we're talking about a huge bureaucratic nightmare, like, Everybody report, you know, everybody being a broker, everybody reporting every transaction, even though it's on the blockchain already, they can find it themselves if they wanted to. You know, you're issuing 1099s to your uh, to your to yourself because you sent yourself from one address to another address. You sent yourself Bitcoin or to your sister, or to your brother, or to your mother. I mean, all that. So it depends a lot on compliance, I think, here. A lot of people just telling on each other, you know, oh, well, I feel guilty that I didn't. I didn't tell the uh, the Treasury Department that I sent myself $5 from one address to another, so I'm going to do this and waste my time. So defiance over compliance is one of my sayings. Just remember that, people. Now, before this can actually become – and, I mean, it's basically they want to – I mean, what this boils down to is the destruction – of the Bitcoin industry in the United States of America, the destruction of the mining industry. If this actually happens and people actually follow laws, this is what they want. And I seriously doubt many of the people who've come up with this even want this, all right? 
I mean, they just want a bribe from the cryptocurrency uh, industry. They just want their piece of our freaking flesh. Okay. So, I mean, we're already paying our taxes. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's in, insane government overreach in an era of insane government overreach, but it's insane government ignorance. Also, they don't know what they are talking about. So if this gets passed, I don't see people being compliant. And I think that's great now. Uh, and, but for now, for the next few days, keep retweeting it, keep spreading the, the word, say it's ignorant, say you're defiant, say it's not going to work. And yeah, and maybe a, a lot of industry in the United States will be stifled. That'll be bad for the poor people, okay? The wealthy people will always find a way. That what You will still have your Bitcoin. You'll still be able to invest in, start your own business in a different country if you want to. I mean, this is such a digital world. You'll be able to find all sorts of virtual ways around this. But it, yeah, it will be stifling of, of the total industry. And it could shut down mining in the United States if it goes to its... It's, it's end. What, 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 I mean, if you actually follow the rules, I mean, the, the mining industry could not operate in the United States of America anymore, uh, which is so unfortunate because China just kicked it out. And now it's about to have a renaissance in the United States of America. And they'll be able to get their tax revenue, their peace. They'll be able to steal from us that way. I mean, they're so such an unproductive class is, is the business class. And so many people rely on them. Um, are, are rent seekers that need the government to come up with more regulations so they can create businesses around these regulations. Uh, it's disgusting. And it's as I'm proud to be of the mindset and of the people who want nothing to do with this, who want independence, who know personal responsibility is new counterculture and don't want the government to take care of them because when the government takes care of your industry, you know, that, that's what, that's what happens. Uh, and I want to expand Beyond the bureaucrats of the Treasury Department, and I see the people chatting, so we're going to get to that in a second. Um, Johnny said, big up. Okay. All right, all right. Planet Musk. All right. Hi, Adam. Are you worried of uh, YouTube censorship policy? Not at all, dude. <laughs> I've already, dude, I've already uh, made it through that a few times. They've kicked me off, what, three times now? And now, because of you guys, I'm, um, I'm just keep on supporting the channel. The only way I'm doing shows is if I raise $100. So, again, it, at the end of the show, you'll be able to check back on the show. At the top, it, first it says, you know, where the show is being filmed, Nashville. But above that, it'll say, how much money do I need to do the next show? And so far, it's like, I think I need $80 more now. We've raised, I think, $5 during this show. So, no, I don't care about the censorship at all. Who cares? It's a private freaking company. Uh, I mean, I'm on Big Shoot. I'm on – I do the podcast. Personally, me – I mean, you asked me, hi, Adam, are you worried about YouTube censorship policy? For me personally, I don't care at all because I don't even care if I have to do YouTube shows. I don't want to do YouTube shows. The only reason I do YouTube shows is because you guys pay me right now. Oh, crud. It says top chat. I forgot to do live chat here. So I might have missed some of your things. All right. Um, so, yeah, I, I heard uh, YouTube kick some guy off. or something. I mean, what, I've been kicked off before. They're going to – it's arbitrary. It's an algorithm decides. You, you are algorithm slaves if you, like, do – you're worried about uh, YouTube's algorithm kicking people off, yet some of you people are the same people who just go to what YouTube tells you to watch next. It's hypocritical. You're an algorithm slave, but you're like, oh, it's wrong for the YouTube algorithm to kick people off. No, you're a slave. It's totally right for, for it to do that because you totally follow it. 
Uh, and uh, that's what you get. So I don't care what YouTube does at all. It's a private corporation and uh, I am not dependent on it, but I do enjoy, hey, that for free, I get to go on and I get to raise $100 per show. And I thank you guys for the support. And again, you don't have to do it through Super Chat. Just go to PayPal or figure out, you know, email me, DM me, and I'll tell you how to pay me. But we, we need about $80 for there to be another show uh, on Monday or, or something like that. Although we do have some other ones in the works uh, later on. But uh, the regulars, to have a regularly scheduled show, you got to raise that 100 bucks, dude. So keep on doing it, guys. All right. Back to the back to the show. Um, and keep on. Do the super chat questions. That's how you get you get your money's worth that way. You ask a good question. So Representative Ted Budd. Well, he says, U.S. lawmakers fear cryptocurrency could be a financial 9-11, says Congressman. I mean, they stoop so low that cryptocurrency itself could be a financial 9-11? I mean, people died a horrific death on that day, all right? Uh, evil, it was pure evil, pure assault on freedom that day, pure force. Um, and cryptocurrency is something that people voluntarily get into and it's productive, has nothing to do with destruction at all or death. I mean, unbelievable what they will stoop. But hey, they don't know what they're even talking about. They use all sorts of hyperbole to get everybody's emotion going. And it works. It works. Still trying to milk, never let a crisis go to waste. I mean, and that was a true crisis. That was a true horrifying event. But you were totally immoral to milk it, to scare people about something as beautiful as Bitcoin. So Ted Budd, who is a Republican, is the one who's behind this. A member of the House Financial Services Committee and the Congressional Blockchain Caucus thinks it's getting overheated. For And there are some on the Senate side and some on the House side which fear, especially when it comes to currency, the blockchain, decentralized finance, and how it's going to evolve. <laughs> evolve, that's a key word there. Evolution is good. You know, financial 9-11, that's devolution. 9-11 was a devolving, a destruction. Will will it hurt our national sovereignty? Will Bitcoin hurt our national sovereignty? Oy vey. Will it de will it destabilize the dollar? Is is it a threat to national security? He <laughs> he said yesterday on, on the Maker Speaker series, um, you even have some in the House that sit not too far from me on the House Financial Services Committee that will call blockchain a basically a financial 9-11. Who are these people? Though Representative Bud didn't name names, he should name names. Several members of the committee, including Chairman Maxine Waters, oh, what a surprise, and Representative Rashida Tlaib, oh, <laughs> have positioned themselves as crypto-skeptical. Well, shame old Ted Bud for not naming Tlaib and Maxine Waters as people who believe this kind of nonsense. Um, you know, Maxine Waters is the one who talks about uh, conspiracy theories uh, attributed to right wingers. And she's and she believes in the financial 9-11, that, that Bitcoin is a financial 9-11. So, yeah, Rashida and Maxine are morons. We already know that. But, Mac, what, Ted, you're part of the problem if you're just going to let them uh, say, well, there's some people out there that think it's a financial 9-11. Dude, name these losers. All right. So this is the this is government. Everything that I've just talked about. This is the American government and cryptocurrency today. 
uh, July the 30th, 2021. Keep on calling them out. They are morons. They have no idea what they're talking about. I have my doubts. If the treasure with, with people like this worried about financial 9-11s, I don't know how the Treasury Department is going to be able to pull off this nightmare. Um, but the infrastructure dip bill, if it was a person, its dream would be the destruction of Bitcoin. That's where it is right now. So let's move to happier uh, people, productive people. The great Asher, who I've met in person, who uh, is listens to the show on uh, on whatever that is, on my phone. <laughs> I'm not doing it right now. Clubhouse. I didn't have time to set that up. But he has something called the Market Audioizer. Okay? So it's already linked to below. It says it, it, there's an explanation site. And then there's just audible-markets.com, audible-markets.com. So what is a market audioizer? This is a pretty creative thing. This dude is a smart guy. Asher is a smart guy. Uh, The market audioizer takes market price and volume data and maps it onto a musical scale. In other words, it turns prices into melodies. In this way, market analysis may be approached from the standpoint of music theory, which may be more intuitive for the listener than charts are to the trader. From the standpoint of accessibility, audioization allows vital market information to be accessible to those with visual impairment. So many of you know that I've taken an interest in uh, getting Bitcoin to the visually impaired. My buddy, shout out to my boy in Baltimore, who's, you know, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, and so, yeah, the, so this is interesting. It's not for everyone, obviously. It's creative. Go to the site. And uh, if you're blind, uh, go over there. Tell me what you think. Uh, do you like the audioization of, uh, of the market? So other good news, soon to be the largest Bitcoin mine in Wyoming, containers shipping to site on Thursday, exciting times for JAI Energy. I'll have to link to that. I forgot to link to that. But uh, yeah, it shows freaking middle of Wyoming setting up mining. God willing, the United States government doesn't uh, go through with it. But maybe the governor of Wyoming and Cynthia, Cynthia Lewis, the senator, can just say, we are not enforcing your federal mandate on shutting down mining in our state. That's another way to fight this, okay? You know, all these, the worries of the Treasury Department. The state, state by state say, no, you know what, member of our state, if you live in Florida, you're not going to have to report every single uh, move that you do in Bitcoin because you're a broker to to the federal government. We won't let federal authorities arrest you. I mean, there's something right there. That's a way to fight this if this actually gets past infrastructure bill. It is so, so ridiculous. Okay. But good, shout out to Wyoming. You're a free freaking state. Oh, God. All right. So going back to wokeism, there, there's four different types of people in wokeism. The people who believe can explain to you the in-depth full theory, the philosophers who just want to bring it all down. Then there's just the people out there, the, the useless followers. Well, they just, they're bored and they want to practice something. 
something that's easy to do on the web and they want to humiliate people, they're, they're losers. Then they're just a uh, power lusting, envious, uh, nihilistic people. Um, and, uh, yeah, then there's the people that, uh, ha- have no respect for property rights, uh, whatsoever. And all of these people can, uh, enter and cause problems in Bitcoin also, uh, that, it, that, uh, that, that are into wokeism, okay? But there's different, different levels. Some of them have different levels of understanding than others. And something just want, some people just want to be, be part of big movements. And some people are just bitter and envious. Uh, and yes, yeah, some people are Marxist. All right, now, but there's there's a little bit, there's a, and there's only, only a few people grasp it all at the very top. But uh, you can't, well, I mean, personal responsibility is a new counterculture, but some of these people really have no idea what they're doing. They're just bored and they want something to do. And this involves praxis. This is something they can practice, something they can do, which is which is sad. They don't understand that they're tearing down the world. But as we, you know, go back, they're, they're, the, the Treasury wants to tra- tear down the freaking whole world too. And ESG, which is part of wokeism, um, or they're intertangled, whatever you want to say, it's just, we wouldn't, have this today we wouldn't have people that are you know that are comfortably fat if we didn't have all the productivity we are in a guilt-ridden spoiled self-hating society now and that's where esg comes from so people who don't respect property rights are like you are too rich i hate myself and thus you should be hating yourself and giving away to people who are poor because We've had such explosive growth in this world. Even though you earned it, you're not entitled to everything you earned. And I hate myself and I'm fat and I'm spoiled and I'm going to still be spoiled and fat and living luxuriously. Thus, you should give some of your stuff away to other people. It's, it's, it's just amazing. Instead of saying, wow, we are living in the freaking future. This is the golden age. Producers keep on producing Keep on making my life more and more comfortable so I can get fatter and fatter and more spoiled. No, I want to handicap the productive. And, well, no, I'll still be spoiled, right? No, eventually, if you get, get rid of the productive, you will have nothing and you will starve to death. And you will have earned it. Okay, now, uh, Alex Berenson. In any rational, Alex Berenson will get kicked off of Twitter soon because he's been telling the truth about the... Uh, the virus, in any rational media reporting world, the explosive growth of not just my substack, but Glenn Greenwald, Matt Talibi, and Matt Talibi would be a big story. Why are people, and Barry Weiss, why are people, are so many people signing up and or paying for us? What does our rise say about legacy media? Instead, it's just mug grifters. So, all these guys, love them or hate them, Glenn Greenwald, Barry Weiss, Matt Talibi, uh, Alex Berenson, people are paying them, and they're paying me, uh, money just to, to hear them, to listen to them, to support, to show, like, we we could digest what's, come, what's out there for free, the mainstream narrative, but we like you guys so much that we're willing to do a trade with you and say, we, we love the knowledge you're imparting upon us. And we're paying you. And that says a lot about the free information that is out there. That the 20 percenters are like, you know what? I am tired of CNN. And 
I want to hear real news. I don't, you know, I don't agree with Glenn Greenwald on a lot. He is, I mean, he's very socialistic on a lot of things. Um, he is against the great state of Israel, long live Zionism. But on some things, Glenn Greenwald, he's been spot on. So I can learn from the dude. Now, I don't fund the dude, but I do, I mean, I respect the guy, his his opinions, okay? I, I give, and there are plenty of, there's plenty of respect coming from the 20 percenters in terms of money flowing to these people. And the, the mainstream media, if they actually cover the news, they would talk about these people's like, what are we doing wrong that this industry even exists, that this Substack thing is even out there right now? So, uh, yeah, that's a very good point by uh, Alex Berenson. And I thought there was something else I wanted to say. Uh, follow all those dudes. You don't, you don't have to agree with all of them um, before they uh, – well, they'll always be on Substack at least. They're not going to get kicked off of that. And – yeah, it said you know it does say that people are still willing to spend time and read real articles instead of just flipping out about little tweets. The me the media wants you just uh, they love the clickbait stuff definitely. Uh, hey, Bitcoin Meister is uh, is uh, Bitcoin digital real estate. What's your opinion? Sure, it's better than real. I talked about real estate before. Real real estate is an attack vector. You are tied down to it. You can't run away with it. You're stuck in Baltimore with it, okay? But yes, Bitcoin is digital real estate. I mean, that that's that if that if that makes you if that makes you understand it better, it's movable. You take it with you, though. I mean, I I just consider it a, the best saving account ever invented. But digital real estate's a good way of looking at it. it it's uh, or, or real estate 2.0. It's a better form of of real estate. It's something that cannot be taken away. It is. It is real property. It is real property. All right. Now we got uh, the great. Where is the 10 bucks? Oh, here. Towers Comics said 10 Canadian dollars. If people follow any independent media, they should know the mass hysteria is a scam. Thanks for the show, Adam. Yes. If you at this point, at this point, if you have reading comprehension and you really read any, anyone legitimate, in independent media or actually watch or listen to. And again, you really have to have listening comprehension or reading comprehension. If you don't understand that the mass hysteria is a scam at this point, Delta, Delta, Delta. I mean, it, it might as well be revenge of the nerds. I mean, it's so nonsense. Is that what Delta, Delta, Delta is from? I, I watched that on videotape as a little kid, the revenge of the nerds. That's what we would watch at sleep, sleepover parties. I think. Revenge of the Nerds and, and, and uh, Ghostbusters and, and, and stuff that was on, on videotape. Any, anyway, um, so I don't remember what Delta Delta. It's from one of those movies. Uh, not, not not Ghostbusters, but some 80s movie or something. But but it's just as legitimate. Delta, you know, the mass hysteria of Delta is just like uh, having mass hysteria over Revenge of the Nerds movie. It's just as uh, important to your life as a Revenge of the Nerds movie, a moldering away in some... Uh, some basement somewhere. <laughs> that's that's uh, how, how important uh, Delta is for you if you're a young, uh, reg regular person who watches this. Uh, so crypto to be in the final bill. I mean, we shall see if crypto is in the final bill. I hope not. And Well, some aspect of it will be. Will it be as in the, as insane uh, as as what they're proposing? Let's keep speaking up again about it. Uh, this this weekend. Now, something next week is going to bring 
that, that you know, the Ethereum derangement syndrome people don't want to talk about is Ethereum is having this upgrade and I'm not going to get into all of it, but it's, it's, it could be interpreted as a scarcity gimmick because they're going to be able to, instead of uh, fees are going to be burned. Okay. So there's going to be less Ethereum and it's already been pumping, you know, going into it. It is kind of funny how last summer I said Bitcoin, I mean, Ethereum would be 6% of a Bitcoin and now it is 6%. Um, and it was less than 3% then, but Ethereum is going to pump next week. So will that pump up Bitcoin also? Yeah. Now, if you follow Andy Hoffman, you're really going to say, yeah. I mean, Andy Hoffman, I mean, he's been talking, he, he thinks Bitcoin follows every move of Ethereum. If you want that take, follow Andy Hoffman on Twitter. But uh, I do believe that Ethereum is going to have a nice week next week and it's going to it's going to pull Bitcoin up with it. But it's going to make a lot of news and all the mainstreamers are going, oh, Bitcoin's better. I mean, Ethereum is better than Bitcoin. Look at this DeFi thing. Look, now they're scarce like Bitcoin, even though it's not the same thing at all. So the mainstream media, which we were just criticizing, they'll have all sorts of clickbait articles. Ethereum improvement has made it better than Bitcoin. Since I don't have Ethereum derangement syndrome, I don't give a darn because you know what? And I've said this to Andy before. He says since last summer, since last summer, Ethereum, Bitcoin's followed every tick of Ethereum. How much wealthier have we become since last summer when, when, when Bitcoin was like $10,000? This time last summer was when Bitcoin got on its streak of never being below $10,000. So I'd be happy to live in a world, and apparently we've been living in this world for the last year, where every time Ethereum goes up, Bitcoin goes up. Because it's made us all, when I say us all, I mean stronghand Bitcoin holders, it's made us all a lot wealthier. <laughs> so good luck to Ethereum next week. If it brings up Bitcoin, hey, it makes us wealthier. I don't care what Ethereum does. Um, you know, what, what they build on Ethereum, let them innovate over there. I mean, for those of you that have Ethereum derangement syndrome, I mean, the people that create with Ethereum, compare them with the people who call cryptocurrency a financial 9-11. You know, think about it. This is the world we're living in. I mean, it's not an either-or thing. It's not a zero-sum game here. You don't have to, perhaps, you don't have to take sides. But in the, you know, taking into account current events and all the screaming Karens and all the people that want to be more like China and all the authoritarians out there, I mean, do you think there are more people out there, your fellow Americans, who would do whatever the government told them to do to get rid of the financial 9-11, then there are people who, you know, want to create and build on Ethereum. And who is worse? Who is more of a threat to you and a threat to society? The people who believe in financial 9-11s or the people who build on Ethereum? Just, just putting in a perspective out there, you know, sometimes you have to take a step back and choose the fight. Choose your freaking fight, people. There's only, it's only so much fighting and only so much time you have during a day. What to worry about? Should you worry about people that are talking about financial 9-11s, people who want you to report every single um, Bitcoin transaction that you do with yourself, or people that are building on Ethereum? I mean, who, who do you worry about? Okay. There we go. There we go. So he, I'm not... I'm not <laughs> I'm not, I was going to read something a troll put in there, but I, I was almost tempted, but I didn't. All right. So that, that's an accomplishment. All right. Now, when you can ignore a troll, it's a good day. Pound that like button. 
and I do want to remind everyone about factions and that in every movement, there are going to be factions and splits. It's good. And I said last show that the fork, that the crypto dividend mechanism is the best way to uh, ever created by humanity to uh, solve the faction and split problem. But I do want to say in, in society, what we've been seeing in terms of factionalism, it's, it's the, who's the loudest lately. It's the loud, loudest factions that are stirring things up. Okay. Um, that's in the ESG realm or in the, in the corporate realm, in these factions that are, you know, guilt ridden, um, the most radical ones that are like in Exxon that wanted to turn most people in Exxon do not want it to become a, uh, a green company. I mean, it's Exxon. Who, who cares about windmills? They, 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 they uh, drill oil, dude. Um, but the loud radical voices are the ones that get the attention. So always keep that in mind when you, there are disputes. Um, it, it is, you know, it's not in the long run, it, the majority can win, but beware of those loud factions, but don't get carried away with them either. Just know that they, since they can be quite small, they can be easily defeated. Don't let loudness intimidate you. And that is a debating technique of some people out there. They just get as loud as freaking possible. And that does work on the normies too. That works on the 80 percenters. I wanted to add, we were talking about Elizabeth Warren, who is like, I mean, she's just as bad as Maxine Waters and Tlaib, obviously. Um, but she takes a, a more cerebral approach, should we say, uh, than, than them uh, when it comes to her attacks on freedom and, and freedom of the economy and freedom of, of Bitcoin. Oh, and thanks again for the 10 bucks, uh, the 10 Canadian dollars. Uh, and so we're, we're getting close to Towers Comics. So I think we're like $70, $70 away. To, to, an, to another show. Oh, Lambda, Lambda, Lambda was the uh, was the Revenge of the Nerds. So, someone just put, I don't remember. I was a little kid watching a videotape. <laughs> All right. What other, uh, t- when I was a kid, videotapes did I like to watch? Movies. Um, one of my siblings used to like to watch Grease. Um, that, that, was a, that was a classic uh, movie too. The, the end song in Greece is pretty good, man, uh, by uh, Johnny. Oh, who, who does that song? Uh, the, 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 the closing credits to Greece. Who did that? He, he sings, Oh, What a Night also. Oh, what a night. Um, who's that? He's got a good voice. He's from New Jersey originally. He, sing, he sings it. He, I mean, he created like a disco sounding uh a song that, that a disco sounding 50 song that closes out Greece. It's a really good song. All right. Um, and also that last scene in Greece is filmed somewhere along uh, Santa Monica Boulevard. But if you're ever running on Santa Monica Boulevard, just the way the sun rains down on it on a certain time of the day, it actually remind you know it reminds me of that closing scene in Greece. Some of the uh, uh, the schoolyards you can there's a few schools that are off of Santa Monica Boulevard that aren't that school that look the same way that it looked in Greece. It's 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 hard to explain. I just I think of that scene when I'm running on on Santa Monica Boulevard in Los Angeles sometimes um, around uh, 
uh, not around Fairfax, around, uh, I can't even think of it. <laughs> Where they had the surplus. Uh, I can't think of the names right now. My Lord. I, not that any of you. Five-digit Bitcoin is transitory, says CS2. He sent 10 bucks. Thank you. For, it's Thank you. Around Western. It's around Western and uh, Santa Monica where there's some uh, schools and stuff. But the, the Greece was filmed even further. And it was only one scene in Greece, fur, further west in Santa Monica. All right. And yeah, I, in my heart, I still love when Los Angeles is free. Los Angeles ain't free right now from what, I, what I've heard. Um, and that's, that's a disgrace that they have. They're trying to impose all these rules upon it again. Um, but when, when LA is free, LA is my favorite of the, of the four big cities in America. But um, who knows when we're even going to get to that again. Because there, there are true unique beasts in L.A., and I'm a unique beast, so I, I feel at home at, at some of the freakish stuff that you see over there. Oh, man, and that whole little spiel I just told you about Santa Monica Boulevard and me thinking of Western or whatever. Vermont was another one I was th trying to think of. Vermont is another cross street around there. Okay, so let me, what else do we have? I'm just seeing if anybody else had comments. There's a lot more to say. Sorry for the uh, play this at 2x, but this is beyond. This has gotten a little beyond Bitcoin too, baby. You never know what you're going to get here. Okay, where, where am I? Robinhood had an IPO. All right, another cryptocurrency related company. Ha so love them or hate them, they, they, they create jobs also. All right? So why do we have an infrastructure bill that would like stifle a company like Robinhood? And what I was about to say about Elizabeth Warren, after being distracted, I'm going back to it. She did say one positive thing about cryptocurrency last week. Warren did also add that digital currencies may provide an answer to big banks, which she said have failed to reach consumers across the country. So what's she talking about there? Well, I like digital currencies because I hate big banks, she's saying. What's she really talking about, though? She's talking about a Fed coin. She's like, she wants to national, she'll like digital currency if they nationalize the banks and all of you are forced to have Fed coin. So th that, that's her, that's her love of digital currency. So even a hater of Bitcoin can like quote unquote digital currency. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fair. If we have digital currency, it'll be fair. Warren added that digital currencies may provide an answer to the big banks which have failed to reach consumers across the country. Yes, of course. Nationalize the banks, get rid of them. Everyone will have a FedCoin account. And then everyone will have, uh, even people that didn't have bank accounts beforehand, the poorest of the poor, they'll get their uh, stimulus check, their uh, Warren Bucks through the, uh, the, the new digital currency, which she will love. So don't fall for it. Don't give her any leeway. When you hear, oh, well, maybe she's not that bad, but she says she likes digital currency. No, I just I just gave you her path to liking digital currencies. It involves naturalizing the banks. Naturalizing anything is straight out theft. Pound that like button. Straight out disgusting theft. And she is a believer in nationalization of industry. Okay, straight up socialism. All right, and theft, disgusting. And that, and I know a lot of you hate the banks. No. If you stoop that, if you're hating the banks, says it's right 
to uh, to nationalize them, you have no moral compass, and you're no you're as you're as bad as her. You're as bad as Rashida Tlaib, okay, and Maxine Waters. There's no respect for property rights or, or, or private or, or freedom uh, if you want to nationalize the banks. And, and all right, uh, PayPal CEO touts the promise pr the promise of digital wallets for stimulus payments. So he he's a guy right there. Um, I mean, that, that's bordering, that is bordering on, uh, you know, hey, why don't the government uh, create more stimulus uh, checks? Uh, and I will, uh, I'll be the provider of the stimulus checks. I'll, I'll help them get, give it out. Not good at all. That is uh, the term that I cannot think of right now that I was talking about beforehand. Uh, rent seeking, that is rent seeking, making the government... Uh, do something so that you you have a, a you wouldn't have had an industry if it weren't for the government. He, his point though is, um, and Elizabeth Warren would agree, it is more efficient to digitize uh, the checks. You know, instead of sending people checks. All right, microstep, but disgusting that we even have these stupid checks. And by the way, by the way, taking it up a level here. They want to tax cryptocurrency people. They want to tax everybody. They want to ta do this, that, and the other. Get rid of all taxes. Just print the darn money. Just have inflation. That's the tax. We'll all be It'll all be equal, and then everyone can choose what type of money they want. If they want the real money, they can get Bitcoin. If they want the Biden bucks and the Warren bucks, they can have the inflationary money, and then no one has to pay taxes, and we'll see who comes out ahead, all right? There, there'll be less government interference there. Because right now, the whole tax system, as it stands are under the current administration, they're just trying to create more and more regulations, more and more obstacles that are taxes, which they think are going to generate revenue. It's just slowing down progress. So just go go in the complete other direction. Print the, the poor people will be happy. You'll be able to buy votes for eternity. And we won't be taxed. And, and they'll be on, our, on the productive line of the spectrum we will have real money and we'll be able to be productive and just be in the Bitcoin overlay and ignore the dollar. All right. And you guys will get your way. The 80 percenters will gladly take their Elizabeth Warren Fed coin accounts forever. But it's just like the micromanaging right now that's that you're attempting in every single industry. It ain't working and it just might lead. And God willing, it does lead to states just like saying we are not enforcing any of your laws any longer. May it happen soon. But in a better world, they would just drop it all and let freedom ring. And uh, yeah. All right. But hey, this is what the people voted for. So um, tyranny of the majority. Uh, and and they, it would be even worse if we didn't have 50 states and checks and balances, which uh, most people, I mean, most people out there would want to get rid of the Electoral College and the Senate, et cetera, et cetera. So that is a threat to American democracy, the people who want to get rid of American democracy, which is a constitutional uh, republic. All right. And MicroStrategy CEO likens borrowing to buy Bitcoin to investing early in Facebook. Well, that's kind of a flashback to me, uh, Michael Saylor, because if you go back to my 2015 videos, I was saying buy Bitcoin now at $400 and uh, it's like getting in at a pre-IPO on Facebook. You're still saying the same thing. This year, and you're saying to borrow money to do it. I mean, you're taking it to one. I mean, it's still early, but dude, it's uh, since you're around, as I've said before, it's not as early as it used to be. But hey, 
same uh, state of mind there, same same track, but I was a lot earlier than you, dude. <laughs> but whatever, you're rich, I'm rich, not a zero-sum game. It's still pretty early in Bitcoin. What is this? All right, we talked about $28 billion. Montana City has become such a popular place to live, some jokingly refer to it as Bos Angeles. Bos Angeles, like it's Bozeman, Montana. And uh, what they're implying is there are a lot of people from California moving to Bozeman. Now, I was in Bozeman and all the major cities in Montana in 2015. I took a road trip um, starting in Boise, big circle through Montana back to Boise. And at that point in my life, I predicted Boise would be a great success, a city of the 2020s. Many would move there. People had started moving there. By 2018, I visited Boise again, and it was everything that I had predicted. People were already hating Californians then. Um, now Boise is like explosive growth thanks to the last year. Um, I also, when I was in Spokane in 2018, I predicted the same thing. And both Boise and Spokane, but especially Boise because Washington is a little bit more restrictive than Idaho during this one and a half years. But Boise is just incredible now. And the prices of real estate is insane. But I could not have predicted Montana in 2015. I do want to admit that. I thought Bozeman was boring. It's revolved around Montana State. Um, it had one main drag. There was a new area they were building. There was one Walmart off the highway. And there were quaint houses. There was a building called the Baltimore that was like at 222 Main Street. And I found that awesome because, you know, when I see Baltimore in the middle of Montana, I thought that I thought Missoula was much better than Bozeman. And of course, Butte was the Baltimore of Montana. Butte was had its issues, beautiful real estate, beautiful old houses. But that place, Butte had been going down the tube since like the silver mines closed in the 19, like a long time ago. But going back to Bozeman and Missoula, I never thought that people from L.A. and California would be flocking there because I also know how cold it gets in Montana. By the way, Butte is the worst, but not many people are moving to Butte now. But Bozeman and Missoula and Billings are getting a huge influx of people. And now for the last few months, the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, people have been writing about it. There are people very angry in these cities. Why are people moving to these towns? Why are people moving? Because, I mean, they are small towns, really small towns. And I can't, it's just kind of shocking that Bozeman, of all places, I mean, I, I wasn't, I mean, I was surprised about Missoula, but not exactly, but, but Bozeman. And so I, I, I'm, I believe in freedom of movement, okay? And the people who own real estate in Bozeman to begin with, they're doing well for themselves. If you're a renter, you're pretty angry. Your rent's going up and you can't buy anything. But I believe the people's right from California to flee California to move to Bozeman. Um, and maybe they're not going to be able to make it through the winter either. I, I have my doubts. Uh, and so people, they're going to politically change the city. Yeah, probably. All right. Um, but I, do, I just have the bigger question. Why do you feel the need to leave California and move to all places Montana? Well, Montana is clean. Montana is safe. But many of you people are the same people who try to guilt and shame all sorts of people from Wyoming. Why does Wyoming deserve a senator 
It's this all, they're just a white Republican hateful state. It is so white. You know, they're so, they're a bunch of bros in Wyoming. They're so ignorant. They don't believe in the vaccine. Why, why do they deserve a senator? You, you do know the people in Montana are the same. The people that were in Montana originally, it is overwhelmingly Republican and white. And everything that you despise about Wyoming doesn't deserve a senator, but you're moving to this place. You're moving to this state. What I mean, what what's it say about you? What do you really believe? You're moving away from the diversity that you praise so much, that you virtue signal so much about. You are moving basically to Wyoming. It's Montana, but it's basically Wyoming. All right. It, it's become, I mean, if, if we would have had this discussion in 2015. You would have not known the difference between Wyoming and Montana at all. But what has happened in the last one and a half years? There's been riots in Los Angeles that I witnessed firsthand. Uh, I, at least the the looting that came afterwards, I saw. Um, I smelled it. Um, I mean, it, it just it's just a question. It's a question. And again, you can move where you want to move. But if you start getting some blowback in Montana, legal blowback, because no one should do anything illegal. But if people like put up their middle finger to you or, you know, curse at you or something, or, I mean, uh, some, some type of vocal opposition that's legal. I mean, maybe you should have a, a, a discussion with them explaining, explain what, what diversity is to you, what, why you left, what are your feet? I mean, what you're trying to do in Montana, but I am curious why all these people have left. Uh, and, and uh, you know, the people, these are the same people who feel guilty about being wealthy yet, some of them still hold on to their condos in LA and they have a new, new place in Bozeman. Right. So, but other people aren't allowed to be successful. You're allowed to have your place in Bozeman and still hold on to your place in, uh, in, in, in LA, or San Diego, Orange County, wherever. So just, I, I'd love to hear why these people are moving to all places, Bozeman, Montana, because it is happening. The real estate is, it's like the hottest real estate market in the freaking America. Uh, but I, I do, I'm proud to say I visited there in 2015. I wanted to see what it was really about. I enjoy seeing, you know, people ask me, what do you do, Adam? What, what, what do you, what do you do in all these different cities? I just live my life. I just live my life. And I just, I don't do touristy things. I just want to see, I want to interact with the people and see, you know, I, I got a great feel of, of what old Bozeman was. It was just, it's the campus of uh, Montana state. It's quite beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, so our, are all those people going to send their kids to Montana State, or are they going to send their kids to Berkeley? I mean, what, I mean, what's what's the deal? So very interesting. All right, that is it. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Uh, let me let me just see if uh, if I have anything else here. Oh God, it feels like uh, there was something I'm leaving out. All right, CS two again. Thank you for the ten bucks. I'm seeing if there are any other questions. All right. I don't know. How far are we away from, uh, looks like we're not going to have a show for a while. Uh, we're like 70 bucks away, 60 bucks away, something like that. I'll update you at the end. Love you. Uh, Bitcoin Meister. Thank you, Johnny NY. I love you guys too. Um, all right. That's it. I don't think, I, I hope I answered everyone's questions going once, going twice sold. All right. I'm Adam Meister, Bitcoin Meister. Just from Meister. Subscribe to the channel, pound that like button, Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Have a great weekend. I have no idea when I'm going to be back again, because it's going to take like 60 bucks. And uh, well, I'll, I'll give you the exact number now.
after the show is over. On top, see you. Thank you. Bye.